now and welcome to the three inning save podcast. I made Eric laugh. I hope he got the reference. It's uh, it's all star week. So the funny part about that is my mind immediately went to the Larry Sanders show. <laughs> you were um, uh, I forgot the character's name, but uh, mm-hmm. the, the dad from Jeffrey Tambor, uh, not the dad from Jeffrey Tambor, Jeffrey Tambor, the actor. <laughs> um, but uh, I and it within three milliseconds after that i was like oh that's the that's all-star yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah, america's band smash mouth um that's good good stuff good stuff to start um this is a busy week uh Mm -hmm. there's a the baseball decided to cram in every non like um you know the season's the season right but like they decided to cram everything into one little it sort of makes sense because it's historically also one of the slowest weeks in American sports. You have the right. WNBA and then whatever all-star activities are going on. But in terms of actual regular season things, as as far as I can think of, it's just the WNBA, um, Major League Soccer too, I suppose. But those uh, Major League Soccer tends to be more more towards the weekend. So uh, I remember, you know, when I would actually had cable and would watch Sports Center. This was always kind of a an interesting week for that. Yeah, there's there's a lot. There's still they could they could massage things and and make it even better, like utilizing the entire yeah you know week and putting stuff on that has exposure that sort of stuff. But um, but besides all that, the Dodgers are in first place. So so <laughs> that's yeah, uh, that's what, the episode. There, See you all later. There, no, there's got, a lot. Yeah, we, we got, got a question for Greg and a lot yeah. to catch up on to uh, look ahead of the All Star game. The All Star game will be done by the time this comes out, but we'll have and see it so people can come and laugh at us. See how yeah. bad we were uh, as we make predictions. I'm sure all of that after this. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. 
in that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So the good news is the Dodgers are in first place, tied for first place, depending on how you look at it. They're they're miles ahead of the Diamondbacks, two <laughs> two whole thousands ahead in, in winning percentage. Uh, but it also came with a lot of less than good news, bad news, you might say. Yeah, it, it was pretty bad. Uh, but before we get into that, just just a rundown of, of what's going on this week. So there's. Uh, the the draft, which used to be in June, now they they sort of surround it during All Star festivities. So that's uh, Sunday to Tuesday. Um, the futures game was Saturday um, at T-Mobile Field in Seattle. Um, Saturday wild games are going on in the majors and on Peacock, which you know streaming service that not everyone gets. And while there's no minor league games being played through Thursday. They could easily put it on Wednesday or Thursday. Like, I, I don't know what they're doing. Um, but uh, there's the Home Run Derby Monday, which we will talk about. Uh, Mookie Betts' mom was right. And uh, All-Star Game uh, is, is Tuesday. You know, that's that's the main event, obviously. However, you, were, you mentioned um, uh, terrible news for, for – terrible week for Dodgers pitching news. Like, so our whole episode last week was basically like, I don't know why the Dodgers are waiting. They should very clearly put Clayton Kershaw on the injured list. That's what they did. It seemed obvious that was going to happen. It just, they were just being very weird about it until it actually happened. Um, he has shoulder soreness. Seems to be, I don't know exactly how long he's going to miss. Now, he could be back as early as this weekend against the Mets. I think they're just sort of waiting to see, make sure he's okay. He's he's in Seattle. He's throwing. Um, so I, I don't, as of... Saturday, Kershaw hadn't yet pitched off a mound. So that's probably a little something like I would imagine he'll have to do that this week until before he comes back. But um, he, he's back reasonably soon. He's sort of the, the least of the worries here. Like that's just a more of a short-term thing. On July 4th, uh, the news came down that Dustin May will, in fact, have surgery. It's going to be flexor tendon repair on the 18th, which is next week. Um Bobby Nardai at the, at the Athletic reported also he's part of the surgery is going to be a, a revision to his UCL uh, uh, that he had during Tommy John. So it's not another Tommy John, which is like worst case scenario in this case, I guess. But um, but also I don't know if it's off the table. Like it's one of those things where they're they're going to go in. So Dave Roberts basically was saying like in terms of the timetable, we don't really know till they till they get in there, right? That's kind of what happened with Walker Bueller. Um, he had flexor tendon surgery, and then while they're in there, like, oh, yeah, it's, this is a torn UCL. We need to do Tommy John, too. So that very much could happen. So at the minimum, um, May's going to be out till like, midseason 2024, which is just a huge bummer. But, like, if he has Tommy John, like, might be out till like, uh, 2025. Like, but just, just a huge sort of a, a, a gut punch, all that is just bad. Now, I would say this year, he was always sort of a long shot to return this year, at least return to, like, top form, right? Like, right. he could have come back, but he might have been in, in relief or something weird. Um, but just to have the finality of it, like, oh, he's having to, that has to be a gut punch. He, he only, he made 15 starts after coming back from Tommy John surgery. He made his, he, it was last August when he first came back, but 
that's that's a short time to be like all of a sudden have to rehab another long term injury. So that really really sucks. But I think um, the biggest sort of uh, if we're talking about gut punches like that sort of came on Thursday. So Daniel Hudson went from like, hey, look look at this feel good story. He's back after missing a year. He he tore the ACL in his left knee, missed a whole year, um, came back. Uh, saved a game he pitched three games for the Dodgers scoreless uh he's gonna provide stability in the in a shaky bullpen he saved a game for the first time in like 13 months he was very emotional afterward although we found out the the reason why the next day was because he knew at that point he was he was donezo at least for for the time being um so he worked out of a bases loaded um, no out jam of his own doing in the ninth in a, it was a very weird week. Uh, but he got out of it, uh, 6-4 win. Sort of screamed at the last pitch. Uh, I guess on the second to last pitch, he sprained the MCL in his right knee, which is the other knee that he, uh, not the one he had surgery on last year. So just brutal. Um, no surgery is needed at this point, but he's going to be out a significant amount of time was the, 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 the wording there. And they're they're hopeful he's back this season, but didn't sound too confident. Like um, so, just just a brutal blow. Like just generally. So you have like all this happening. So they have to fill in for Kershaw, Michael Grove. Um, you know, starting a couple games last week, or one was a one was a bolt game after an opener. Um, but also that same day Thursday, um, NC Almonte went on the paternity list. He's the sixth Dodger to do so this year. Uh, he and his wife had a son. Um, that the six is a uh, a record in the 13 year history uh, of the the paternity leave policy by one team in one year. So congrats to the Dodgers, I guess. Um, but uh, Bruiser Gratterall was was like also probably going on the injured list. <laughs> like the, he was held out of um, Tuesday and Wednesday game because he had shoulder soreness. Uh, during that time, uh, Evan Phillips, they used him for three straight days. It was the first time in his career he's, he did that. And then on his third day, he blew a save. Uh, that ended up being the Dodgers' only loss <laughs> during the week, which is just, it's just how weird everything went. Caleb Ferguson, uh, during that time, a little bit staggered, but he also was used in three straight days. Landon Knack came up to go uh, to sort of be on the taxi squad. He has not pitched in the majors yet. He's been, he, he was in, he and, Emmett Sheehan got promoted to Triple A from Double A at the same time, but then that week before Sheehan started in Triple A, they promoted him to the majors. So like, there he's on that sort of timetable. But um, he was there for coverage in case Gratterall went on the IL. But uh, in the previous road trip, Gratterall had uh, shoulder soreness in Colorado. Then with rest, it went away. Now he got three days off that time and came back this time. He was after two days, like he he. Worked out on Thursday. Drew said he felt fine. He he was like, I'm okay. And then he pitched Thursday and Friday, scored on his eighth inning both times. Like, seemed to be no problem. So, who knows what's going on there. But it was just like a very busy week. So, in all, with all the fill-ins and stuff, the Dodgers used 16 different pitchers to get through six games. Um, rookie Rookies started for the six games. I'm counting Michael Grove's bolt game as a start. He went six innings. That was a career high for him. Um, so, Bobby Miller and Emmett Sheehan were the other two besides Grove. Fellow rookie Gavin Stone was even called up for as a long man. Like, he went two innings in the Tuesday game, 
Um, Knack was um, he was called up, but uh, almost called up, but didn't pitch. They brought back Alex Vesia from the minors Thursday, who's been struggling all year, and he had like his best three days of the season. He pitched three days in a row. Another guy like they they have not. I think before this last week, the Dodgers used someone three days in a row, I believe, three times all year, and they did it three times in a week this last week. Uh, but uh, Vesia got a save Thursday night. It was his first in a year. He came in, in on Friday in a key situation in the seventh inning and got Shohei Otani on three pitches, striking out and the inning. And then he came back uh, as the opener on Saturday and struck out two in a scoreless first inning. So really good sign for Vesia. Um, so with all that, the Dodgers still won five or six games. Now, it helped that the offense averaged seven runs a game in those, and then they, they homered five times in each mm-hmm. game against the Angels. So, like, that obviously helped. But I would say it was an, it was just an overall positive week, at least results-wise. Obviously, the, the pitching news was terrible. But they ended the week in first place, as we, as we mentioned. Um, the Diamondbacks uh, have played two more games. They have one more loss, one more win. Uh, so the Dodgers' winning percentage is 573. And the Diamondbacks is 571. So the Dodgers clearly commanding lead in first place right now in the National League West. Um, now, I was, you know, when I was sort of organizing how we're going to talk about this, and best believe it was last minute because it's been busy. Um, but we're, we're, we're like, oh, what? Yeah, we're now we're going to go into the All Star Home Run Derby. Seven. Oh, yeah. I'll, by the way, on Sunday, which the Dodgers were off Sunday, weird scheduling. Um, but. Uh, Miguel Vargas got optioned. Now, this was telegraphed, uh, I would say, at least by two days because, um, well, first of all, Vargas has been struggling badly. Um, Mm -hmm. Since May 21, 37 games, it's like, what, seven weeks or something. Uh, He's hitting 136, 258, 282. That's a 50 WRC+. Uh, He was right around uh, average-ish before that. Uh, Also, bad defense at second base, just disastrous combo. Um, he had been sort of losing playing time, uh, not starting all the time. Uh, Mookie Betts got a lot of playing time. But uh, Dave Roberts was asked about it on Friday, I believe, and, uh, like, is optioning him? Like, is he is that part of this? He's like, well, everything's on the table. And, then, like, <laughs> if it did happen, it would be to help him and not hurt him and, like, all this kind of stuff. And then um, they did it on Sunday. So I figured they would wait because it was one of those things where, well, A, I think he was playing – just struggling so badly. I think it, he's something like, I don't have it in front of me, but I think he's like five for his last 66 or something, just a crazy slump. Like, um, but also like, were they going to like just option him and bring up Michael Bush to not play? Like, cause they don't really haven't really played him at second. So like it's possible, but like also I think they just kind of needed to do it because to get Vargas's head, right. Um, but also, I thought, well, we're probably it's gonna, they're going to wait to do it until Chris Taylor's ready to come back from his knee soreness, and he's going to be probably activated Friday. So, like, uh, he rehabbed a couple games over the weekend, uh, one in Arizona, one at Rancho. He's going to be activated Friday in New York. So that kind of sets the stage for that with Vargas going down. So who they're going to play at second? Uh, Mookie Betts has played, like, he started six of the last 13 games there. You figure Chris Taylor is going to probably get some run. Yanni Hernandez is still on the active roster. They barely played him, but like you imagine the occasional spot start or something. The trade deadline's coming. I'm sure that'll factor <laughs> in it. So, like, 
who knows? But like as of right now, um, uh, yeah, Var- Vargas they optioned him. So yeah, that, that's that's sort of where they're at. The trade deadline's gonna come real quick. And we're what three weeks away, something like that. Yeah, yeah, August first. Um, so, um, you, and this you, this is a team that needs to use it. So. Oh yeah, they're gonna be they're gonna be. We've busy talked about it, but all those all those pitching injuries, uh, and you figure starters, relievers, uh, a bat. Yeah, thank you. And because of Mookie's sort of newfound flexibility, they really any any position other than like catcher, yeah, right? <laughs> they, they they could whatever they get a bat, that person will play there, and then they'll move Mookie accordingly. Basically, right. like sort of he's sort of like the um, the, the best version of, of like of uh, imagine like previous years uh, Chris Taylor and Kiki Hernandez, but like also one of the best players in the sport like doing that like it's crazy um uh the dodgers like you know maybe in the future they might have drafted their next like uh you know sort of star player we never know about these things until down the road but that's what the draft is for uh i will say this year is a little more interesting than most just because the Dodgers have more picks uh, and a few more options than they normally do. Um, so we're through the first two days, or the third day is going as we're recording this. Uh, it's 20 rounds, but uh, the the first two days they were more aggressive. Uh, they took four high school players in the first 12 picks, including two of their first three picks. Um, the first pick was an outfielder out of Texas, a high schooler named Kendall George. Very fast center fielder uh, at uh, – he was number 36 overall. Now, I was reading comps uh, about him, t- comparing him to Juan Pierre, and, of course, everyone, like, bristles. But you're like, imagine, like, if if a draft pick has, like, a 15-year or however long Juan Pierre's career is, that is a wildly successful yeah. player, right? <laughs> like, so I get why people are like, oh, well, Juan Pierre. It's like, yeah, well, if he does that, you congratulations, you made a wonderful draft pick. Like, that's – pretty great um so the the interesting part about george is that um both we interviewed on zoom calls both kendall george and uh the billy gasparino who's the dodgers vp of amateur scouting sort of runs their um you know the scouting amateur scouting drafting all that kind of stuff uh we interviewed both of them separately george said um the dodgers plan to take him at number 60 overall that was their second round pick and then something changed, and they said, "You know what? We're taking you now." So, like, right away, we're like, "Okay." So they they've kind of already agreed to some sort of deal, and they're just taking him now. And then they're going to use the other money. I'll, I'll get into the money stuff later, but um, uh, Gasparino said that as well that they were they were going to take him um, on Sunday. They were, the first two rounds were Sunday. Um, and then something happened. Now, Eric Long and Hagen at Fangraphs reported that uh, the Dodgers were going to take le- a high school left-hander uh, pitcher named Thomas White, but the Marlins took him 35th, one pick before the Dodgers. So the Dodgers sort of scrambled and said, uh, okay. And then so they, they went to George, who they were going to pick anyway. Now, that seems obvious that he's going to have a below-slot deal. Two things during both those interviews gave this away without – directly saying it but like uh they 
separately, uh, Kendall George was asked, like, you know, is he going to go to college? Or, or, you know, because that's the sort of the leverage high school player has. Like, oh, I can go play in college. You know, I, I don't need this. Like, uh, but then you could buy him out of that by signing him. But I said, are you going to go to college, or, or you know, what are your your sort of plans? And he goes, no, I'm 100% signing for sure. <laughs> and then um, Gasparino, now he wouldn't say specifically that um, George was going to sign for below slot. It was, they were still finalizing things. But he also said how the Dodgers, were, this is on Sunday night, said how they're going to they're going to be more aggressive on day two with going after more high schoolers, which not always, but sometimes means like we're going to spend a little more uh, maybe uh, than the slot in those spots would allow, um, you know, to to buy someone out of their, you know, college years or whatever. Um, and quote George gives us the flexibility to do that. Now, how can you give them flexibility unless you're <laughs> signing a close deal? So anyway, um, now to to sort of talk about the slots. So it's not everyone doesn't just sign what their slot value is. It's it's just sort of a guideline, but it helps determine the total amount of money a team can spend. So for the 36th pick, the slot value is like 2.36 million. The 60th pick is 1.34 million. So. A team's bonus pool is you just add up all the slot values of every pick in the first 10 rounds. So this year, the Dodgers actually have 12 picks in the first 10 rounds because they also got compensation picks for Trey Turner and Tyler Anderson signing elsewhere as free agents, both of them. Uh, Dodgers gave them qualifying offers. They both declined. Um, So those picks were just after the fourth round. So coupled with the fact that this year, unlike the previous two years, the Dodger when the Dodgers signed a like premium free agent, they lost their second and fifth pick for doing so. Uh, they didn't do that this year, so they had that second pick. Um, the Dodgers have like seven point two seven million in their in their bonus pool this year. Last year was four point two million. The year before was uh, four point two or four point six. So like there's that's a lot more to spend. Like they have some more picks to do it on, but like that just gives them a little more flexibility. So I think they're just going to spread it around a little more. Now I will say that, you know, there were some interesting other picks. Um, their second round um, pick was Jake Geloff, uh, a Virginia third baseman who hit like 23 home runs. Or, yeah. 23 home runs this year. He's the all time. He set like school records for season and all time home runs there. Uh, first baseman named Joe Betrano, Boston college went in round five. He's also sort of a power hitting uh, he's a lefty, um, and Vetrano, interestingly enough, uh, pitched a little bit as a freshman in 2021 when he was teammates with Emmett Sheehan at Boston <laughs> College, who the Dodgers drafted that year. So, like, there's a lot of stuff. We'll go through it. I, I don't, you know, don't know that much about these players yet, but we'll look forward to learn. And you know, you never know what's going to happen, but I, it's just going to. I think it's going to be interesting because I think they're taking a little more. Um, they're kind of. They have a little more options this year, and it's interesting to see how they do that. Maybe if you know you take high school guys, it's going to take them longer, but you know you never know that it might it might pay off like down the road. So that, that's sort of where they're at there. And that's not all. <laughs> oh, there's there's so much going on. Are you um, so are you a home run derby fan? Like, what's your take on the home run derby? It's it's good. It's it's very. It's it's like it's both exciting and like weird at the same time. Um, it's hard to appreciate 
just how many home runs they're hitting because of like the speed of it all. Yeah. And you can't really follow everything because they're like you you know, it's it's time. The bracketed thing is great because it's 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 head to head. It forces like um, competition and like you know, it it, it just gets cuts right through. That that change was great, but it, it's hard keeping track of it. Like like Julio Rodriguez hit, uh, I think forty one home runs in a in a round. Like, and you just it's just like a blur, you know, yeah. like when it's all happening. And I don't like the alternative is like having the you have to wait till the pitch the ball lands right to to pitch again but then that might be too slow like so i don't know what i don't know what the ideal thing is there and like you don't want to like oh i want to hear more like talking from the announcers no <laughs> not really like so it's pretty good like i just it, it's just a lot like i i think i it, i like it more when the when the the like what the players are doing is is generally pretty fun like the and then the reactions from teammates and friends and stuff like that that stuff's kind of fun so i I think maybe maybe a more emphasis on that would be good but it it is just it's very hard to keep track of there's so much going on like i don't know it's very difficult so we uh dodgers had a a participant mookie betts was there I was going to ask, did, 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 what about you? Do you what's your do you like watching it too? Uh, when or? it's good, it's great, and it, it nails that kind of sure. schoolyard, casual, but still fun and trying yeah. to win um, atmosphere that I think an exhibition week like All Star Week should encompass. Unlike mm-hmm. say now it matters, Bud Selig, oh, which yeah. is like complete opposite. But. Uh, you also hit uh, you you hit spots where, it, and especially in the head to head, although not especially really, it, in all of the iterations where you know one player hits so many, it's like oh, this there's not going to be a lot of drama here, and it's kind of yeah. just almost sad. Like say if someone hits twenty seven <laughs> home runs yeah. early, and then uh, not so much, you know, there's just not a competition afterwards. So Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Uh, spoiler alert uh, won the home run derby uh, in the first round. He hit twenty six. He was going up against a Dodger, Mookie Betts. Um, I, it's funny. So Mookie Betts spent the better part of the last two weeks saying, "Look, I don't, I don't really hit home runs. <laughs> uh, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't built for the home run derby." He said that Dodger Stadium the week. You guys watch my BP. I don't hit home runs during BP. Like, and then he went out and showed us. No, so his wife like convinced him to do it. It's like said it's one of the last things he hadn't done in baseball. And he, I mean, he he genuinely seemed to have fun out there. So it wasn't like he was he like you know dishonored anyone or anything like that. But so he headed to the break on fire. I think he had seven home runs in his last eleven games. He has 26 homers on the season, right? Third in the majors. So he he knows how to hit home runs. He just doesn't do it in that setting. Now, his career high is 35 home runs. He's he's only nine away, and there's still uh, 73 games left on the schedule. So pretty decent shot he's going he's gonna to break that. Now, he was announced uh, as an all-star starter. This was back on June 29th. Uh, about a week or so, maybe a week and a half before this, he said he was going to do home run derby if he's an all-star. Like, it's like, well, duh, you're going to be an all-star, right? We knew that. So once it became official, the Dodgers were in Colorado at Coors Field. Uh, this is what um, Mookie Betts told 
uh, reporters. Uh, this is from Sportsnet LA. What's your reservation, if any, about the Derby? Uh, I'm 5'9", 170 pounds. You know, I don't think those that many guys my size win the home run derby. And um, when I told my mom, she wasn't too thrilled. Um, she was. She was. She told me, you know, I didn't raise you to come in last. So. Uh, the goal now is not to come in last. <laughs> so the goal is not to come in last, uh, Mookie Betts said, but he came in last. Um, so <laughs> he hit 11 home runs. I, I, I think uh, I saw the folks who were there in the game story, I believe Mookie afterwards said, by the fifth swing, I knew it was over. <laughs> it's just like, it was pretty funny. But it was the lowest of the eight contestants in, rounds one, in round one, so mom knows best. But it was also much more in line with how the Dodgers generally do in the home run derby. So 13 times the Dodgers been in one, nine times they're done after round one. Jock Peterson's really like the only one who's had like extended success. He, he got to the finals in 2015. That was a great final. Todd Frazier was like the hometown guy with the Reds and ended up winning it. Like he, he went last and then he, he won by one. Uh, and then he had a second-round loss in 2019 to Vladimir Guerrero Jr. So, Jock Peterson hit 39 home runs, which was a record for one round. And then Vladimir Guerrero hit 40. So, like, <laughs> it, it just just incredible. Like, it's, it's still, like, a fun event, like you mentioned. But, yeah, it, it, sometimes it is it, It's hard to sort of fully appreciate exactly what they're doing. Like, I don't know. It's, just, it's still fun, though, I think. That round uh, between Jock and Vlad specifically is what I'm thinking of. Like when that uh, that's what makes it great and makes it fun. Yeah, uh, Ellie Rushman uh, this time hitting oh. from the other side of the plate. Uh, and that's that's the stuff that makes this fun. Yeah, and then um, uh, Julio Rodriguez and um, wait, Vladimir eliminated Julio Rodriguez, right? I think in the second round. That sounds right. I was at a dinner yeah. going on, but yeah, looked I, up after. Same. I was like, I was sort of playing catch up. You were at a dinner stuff. with me? Yeah, that's right. Were you was, around the corner? Yeah, I was stalking you. Um, <laughs> so I did, weirdly, I didn't stay around to record a podcast. We're still doing this from remote our remote location. So I got back onto my private jet and flew home. Um, <laughs> so uh, for the All Star game itself, uh, Monday is like the hangout day, the media day where all the players meet with media. And um, so Clayton Kershaw is there with his family. He's on the injury list, not pitching. There was a good article by um, Jorge Castillo in the LA Times about how Kershaw just really enjoys the All-Star game. He brings his family. Like, he just has a good time. Like, you don't get a lot of chances during the season where the game, like, itself doesn't matter. So you're just, like, having a good time. And he really enjoys it. And I thought that was pretty cool. He's, like, he's in his 16th season. This is his 10th All-Star game. And he he really likes it. So that that's awesome. Um the Dodgers do have four players who are active. Um, three of them are starting. Uh, that's their most since 1980. Um, and the three who are starting are all in a row in the National League lineup. Um, so Ronald Acuna Jr. of the Braves, he leads off. Uh, and then you have all Dodgers uh, for the next three. Uh, Freddie Freeman is hitting second. Mookie Betts is third. Now he's playing center because Acuna is in right. Um, J.D. Martinez is hitting fourth. Now, like... That alone, that last part. So this year, imagine this offseason. Like, Dodgers let Justin Turner go. They basically picked J.D. Martinez over Justin Turner, right? Like, mm-hmm. um, three years younger, you get it. Like, you sort of get 
could you have imagined JD Martinez is going to be hitting cleanup in the All Star yeah. game? And it's like a clearly, probably clearly a right choice. Like, um, so not not so coincidentally, those three Dodgers are in the top five in the National League in slugging. Mookie Betts, noted non-batting practice home run hitter, leads the National League with a 586 slugging. Uh, JD Martinez is third at 570. Freddie Freeman. Uh, just pulling up the rear at only 556. He's fifth in the National League. So it's a very good top-heavy uh, offense. Yeah. <laughs> uh, who, could, who could use some help on the bottom side. But, like, <laughs> that that brings me um, to a trivia question, which is related oh, to all those sluggers. Oh, um, no. Will Smith, notably not starting but active, uh, reserve in the All-Star game. He's four ninety. He has a 494 slugging percentage, and really only because he – slumped a little bit the last couple weeks but he's 17th in the national league in that um so that reminds me um before 2023 um who was the last dodger with an extra base hit in an all-star game i'll uh, take a stab at it after this it is ryan here and i have a question for you what do you do when you win like are you a fist pumper a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Who was the last Dodger to hit an extra base hit in the All-Star game? That's right. Uh, so, just, and just so you know, so you don't feel bad in case you're going to, you might not get this right. I was wrong. I might, who I for sure thought it was, was very much not. Okay. <laughs> so... Yeah. I, that doesn't make me feel better. I so this yeah. is my proposal. Can we play this clock game style? I'll Thanks. guess a player, and you tell me if it was later or earlier. Sure. Okay. Uh, or you know, around the same time, around yeah. the same era. So with that, I will go back in time to the like last he, player. Like I'm Lewis. confident hit yeah. an extra base hit and say yeah. Mike Piazza. That was also my thought, and it's later. 
Okay. Um, we'll do binary search here. Uh, Russell Martin. Uh, Russell Martin did not have an extra base hit, but also later. Okay. Um, uh, Mookie Betts. Earlier. Adrian Gonzalez. Later. Uh oh. Um, I will say n- none of. The, the, there's only one other person since Piazza who had an extra base hit. Oh, anyway. I, but okay. I, but I, I'm giving you the years. No, 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 no. You're you're doing exactly what I wanted you to do. But now I have to like think hard and try to figure this out. Um, <clears throat> so I'm like I'm thinking this is I'm like going to 2017 ish. Uh, so, judging by what you said, I'm going to say later. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, uh, I'll take one more guess. Yeah. Well, um, I'll give you. I'll give you a hint. Okay. Because once I found this answer, I remembered very distinctly. There was a very, um, a very notable selfie at second base. Oh, damn it. I'm trying to remember what it was. I know exactly what you're talking about, and I is is it? Think think trade deadline. Yeah, I know. I uh uh oh Manny Machado. Well, he was an Oriole at the time. Yeah, but, oh, he was greeted I, by his future future Dodger teammate Corey Seager. Nope. Nope. I can't remember it. I'm tapping out. Corey, uh, remember. In 2018, they acquired Machado because Seager was recovering from Tommy. Right. Cancer. Yeah. Thank you. Um, so the it was the comeback kid, uh, Matt Kemp, <laughs> who who doubled. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I I had completely memory hold that and forgot it. So, but the fun here's the funny part. So about all the extra base hits, right? Piazza was MVP in '96. He homered and doubled. He also homered in '95. Before that. The last five All-Star Game extra base hits, or in or games that had an extra base hit, all Steve Garvey. <laughs> he, he was a machine in the All-Star Game. Uh, but then uh, he, oh, and then he did it six total times, six six games with an extra base hit. Uh, my favorite of all the the only Dodger pitcher to have an extra base hit is Johnny Padres in 1962. He doubled. Um, yeah, good stuff. Uh, but yeah, I had forgotten about Matt Kemp, so I fully expected this to be a Mike Piazza answer. So, in our minds, we both. Were <laughs> good, so. Yeah, I uh, figured someone had since Piazza, but I didn't know who. But I just wanted to start with him because I knew he did. Right. So no, exactly right. Yeah, that that was the correct way to go on that. I think. All right, now it's time for questions from. Oh, us. So. We, uh, due to time constraints, we did not record uh, a Dodgers Rewind this week, so we didn't get to go fully deep into uh, a fun anniversary. It's, it was a 25th anniversary last uh, week. I think it was Friday, uh, the 7th uh, of uh, Jeff Shaw. Um, the Dodgers famously traded Paul Canerco and Dennis Reyes for him. A trade that got pilloried. Uh, so the, you got to remember, this was a tumultuous year. They had already traded Mike Piazza that year. It was Fox ownership. They fired everyone. So Tommy Lasorda was acting GM, and his very first move was a move that got pilloried, like, immediately by everyone. Like, why are you trading Paul Canerica, who was, like, the Baseball America Player of the Year? Like, 
very highly regarded prospect ended up hitting like over 400 home runs in the majors. Very, <laughs> very, but like everyone knew at the time, they're like, this is a stupid trade. Yeah, I'm like, but anyway, but the funny part of the trade, they're getting a closer, Jeff Shaw, right? Uh, like mid 30s closer. Um, but the timing of the trade meant that Shaw did not get to play for the Dodgers before heading to the All Star game where he made it with a strong first half for the Reds. So his first time wearing a Dodger uniform was at the All-Star game, which is awesome. Like, um, So I'm just going to read to you part of this from Tim Sullivan in the Cincinnati Inquirer um, the day of the All-Star game. Um, the, first of all, the headline's great. Something borrowed, something blue for Shaw, which is awesome. This is uh, the first part. The blue shoes were on loan from Gary Sheffield. The pants were borrowed from Raul Mondesi. The jersey was in transit. Jeff Shaw's first Dodgers uniform was improvised from materials at hand at Monday's All-Star Workout. Quote, I've got a dozen red Reds hats, the relief pitcher announced after taking inventory of his locker at Coors Field, and three Dodgers hats. So, yeah, fun times. Uh, I remember it well. I think more players should get traded right around the All-Star game so we can re- repeat this situation. But that was – we didn't get to go deep into detail, but I just – it's one of my favorite, like, weird – quirky moments at the for office. sure so, yeah so i love it all right now do i have your permission <sighs> okay <laughs> it's time for with jeans and craig we love them all right you ready trivia yep. questions for you from craig this is the seventh three year in la dodger history year that ends in three so let's uh let's look again at the all-star selection some of those la dodger teams had in years ending in three according to the 2022 dodger media guide in 1993 and 2013 uh, the dodgers had one selection to the all-star team can eric name these minimum selections oh god um Nine, okay, so we, we, we did a rewind on one of these, uh, and the one I always go – well, here's a here's a fun – wait a minute. Oh, wait a minute. So Mike Sharperson was 92. Mm-hmm. Um, so my brain is mush again. Now, um, one selection to the All-Star team in 93 and 2013. So – uh, okay, well, 2013 is easy because it's Kershaw. Yep. Um, so 93, oh, 93 is Piazza then. There you go. Yeah. Good job. Yeah. And 1970, I, I did shoot you a face and you're like, we did a Dodger Rewind. I'm like, we did it. Mike Piazza, Dodger Rewind? We, <laughs> we, only, do, we only do obscure players on this. <laughs> In 1973, two Dodger selections were named to their only All-Star game in their career. Can Eric name those first and only time All-Stars? 73. Um, okay. Um, let's, hmm. But the first one that came to mind, I'm going to go a little, I'll just say him first, Joe Ferguson. No. Not not on the All-Star team. Sure. Um, okay. Okay. Um, this is going to be more difficult than I thought. Um, so I think this other person made it more times. Um, the infield all made at least three all-star teams, so they're out. Um, 
Oh, God. Uh, they traded for Jim Wynn in 1974. He made two all-star teams. Billy Buckner made a lot of all-star teams. So what the hell? <laughs> um, I, I am I'm running out of potential here. Um, so that means we're, we got to go pitchers. Um, I'll give you a hint if you want it. Sure. Uh, well, not yet. Um, uh, so they had. So they had. Ar- they had traded for. No, he was free agent. Um, no, I'll, I'll just guess him because I don't know if it's going to be right. But um, Andy Messersmith. No. You okay. Want to yeah. Both these players known for uh, their prowess not starting baseball games. Perhaps. Okay, so one one is Manny Moda. There you go. Um, and then uh, reliever. So they didn't have Mike Marshall yet. Um, oh, God. Um Only all-star game in their career. Um, uh, was he even on the team? Um, the only thing I could think of for, is uh, Jim Brewer. Correct. Oh, God. All right. Wow. <laughs> in 1983, this player was named to his second of five all-star games in the 1980s. Four of those appearances were as a Dodger. Can Eric name this player? It's got to be Steve Sachs. It is not Steve Sachs. But it has to be. I just said it was. No, um, <laughs> Hint, wait, this... he was named an all-star in every odd year in the 80s. Okay. Wait. Well, that's not... What? Um... <laughs> Second. Oh. Um... Guerrero. Correct. As a Dodger yeah. in 81, 83, 85, 87, and as a Cardinal in 89. He tore up his knee in 86. Uh, that's what, yeah. All right. I got it. There were three total Dodgers named to the All-Star team in 2003. All three players were named multiple times as a Dodger, and two of them were also named as All-Stars playing for two different teams. Hmm. In addition to that, can Eric name these three players? And bonus points if he can name the other teams that the uh, the two also got named to as an All-Star. Okay. Um so 2003, that we've discussed this often, excellent team when they were wearing gloves, terrible <laughs> team when they were holding bats. Um, I, so I think, I think Kevin Brown is one. Correct. Um, and for him, I'm going to say... Um, Marlins Padres. One more team. Both of those were correct, but Oh wow, okay. <laughs> um Oh no. Um did, did he make it as an Oriole? Nope. Ranger. Correct. Yeah. Alright. Uh and then okay, so then we're getting into the multiple officers. Um Multiple times as a Dodgers. So so Fred McGriff is out. Um, <laughs> oh, okay. Wait. Oh, man. he. The only thing I can think of, is, so I'm just going to guess this just to say it. 
but Adrian Beltre? Incorrect. Okay. Yeah, because he, he didn't have good numbers, but he was like, was one of those, like, maybe he got. And, um, oh boy. Um, so we're thinking back. Oh, okay. Wait, two other teams. Oh, that that's only. Yeah, wait, there's one that only teams. made it as a Dodger. Okay. And then so, one. Oh, oh, three then for sure, Eric Gagne. Correct. Um, I'm guessing he made it three times. Um, who blew now, the save? By the way, that that was his that, only that's a good, save. Yeah. Famously, <laughs> well, it's like Tony Gonsolin last year. Obviously, he didn't finish undefeated. Although he was, wasn't he sixteen and one? <laughs> but he 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 had the loss in the All Star game. He was eleven. It's funny. Um, okay, so the other one. So, can I ask for a hint? Is it a pitcher? I'm assuming it's a pitcher. It is not a pitcher. Oh no. Um, okay. Oh wait. Oh, so, oh three. Um, and it's two. Okay. Um, Sean Green. Nope. Oh, what? Why? <laughs> um, oh, God. All right. Now we're having issues. Um, there's no way this other player made it multiple times. Oh, oh, three. Okay. Oh, three. Twice as a Dodger, and then once Correct. each with two different teams, letting you know specifically. So, so Paula Duca. Correct. Uh, Marlins Mets. There you go. Nice. You did great. Uh, you? Nah, you did great. Yeah. I'll tell you if you didn't. <laughs> Thanks. In 2001, Gary Sheffield and Sean Green were the only LA Dodger teammates to have a qualified full 162 game season with a 550 or better slugging percentage. Currently, Mookie Betts, JD Martinez, and Freddie Freeman, hey, we talked about this, yeah. have qualified for uh, a 550 slugging percentages um, so far in the season. For the contest, pick the number of Dodgers who will finish with a 550 or better slugging percentage. And for the tiebreaker, whew, with a minimum of 300 player appearances, name the top five Dodgers in order of slugging. In order. In order. You know. Um, okay, so 550 is a lot. I. Hmm. <clears throat> so... I'm just. I'm gonna say one person is gonna finish with a five. We don't have to do the tiebreaker. Thank goodness. I'm gonna say two. Yeah. Okay. Um, Ooh, that would not have been fun. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, Okay. You said two, and then now we have to do the order. I mean, Uh, we don't uh, have to because we're not breaking the tie. Oh, it's Uh, for the tiebreaker. Okay, and then yeah, yeah, yeah. Because boy, naming the fifth player would be really. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, just, okay, for just for, I actually do think it's going to be Mookie as the one. Do you have? Do you, uh, you no, that was my that than? was my thought as well. Yeah. Do you have? Your, who, do you have? Who you think? I would be have, two? have Freddie at two. Yeah, that, that's probably where I would be. JD like, at three, Will Smith at yeah. four, Muncy at five. Yeah, I think that's right. So basically, we tied on the tiebreaker, but not on the question. So and, and honestly, wouldn't surprise me if someone they get at the trade deadline is five. <laughs> like, but he's not going to bat three hundred times. Uh, uh, well, I guess that was the question is if 300 as a Dodger is what you yeah. like to. Okay. All right. That, that's fair. Second contest. What? We already did. Name the number of AL teams yeah. that will finish with a winning record and not make the postseason. <laughs> There's another putting things in order tiebreaker. So, so I, I think, um, we'll, we'll, we'll look at the current where are we doing standings. after the tiebreaker. Now, I believe at the moment the, Guardians are exactly 500 and in first place in the central. So we can, we can knock out the entire, uh, 
that yeah that's right um so one two so all all four all five al east teams are 500 or, or, or over 500 and then only three teams in the al west because the angels have slumped down to below 500 now are so they're as of right now i mean so of the as of right now three teams are over 500 and not in the playoff picture yeah okay so the american do you want to go first and i'll just take a different number okay Uh, it's going to be two teams and it will be the mariners uh at the have the above 500 but the worst record and then it'll be the red Sox. okay yeah so i think <laughs> i don't know man that's tough i i think it's gonna be three teams okay and i think it's gonna be um the the two you said plus the yankees the yankees are out Okay. Yeah, I I said that. And I'm like, wait, I have to figure out. Does that mean the Yankees are are in the will making the playoffs? Which I think is what I'm saying. Does that mean I think the Astros are going to fall off? That seems wrong. So yeah, I don't know. Uh, no, I I think that means that means you either think the Blue Jays or the Yankees will. No, wait. Yeah, I know. I was trying to figure out how I'm going to get to this. We'll we'll, we'll figure it out. <laughs> yeah. Point being, I'm yeah. right. I don't know how. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Yeah. The point uh, is, we didn't have to do a tiebreaker. I think they were all winners at that point. Yep. Third contest Come question. On. What the heck? Yeah, all right. Yeah. No more questions from Craig. Yeah. This is the final one. He's no, fine. he's fine. I do think we should have questions to Craig sometime, and then we're going to give him all the contest questions. We're going to come up with the hardest trivia questions. <laughs> Third contest question. The most players to have at least 30 home runs and 40 stolen bases in the same season is two. Uh, this has happened twice in 2020, 2022, no. In 2002, Vlad Guerrero and Alfonso Soriano. And in 2004, when Bobby Brayu and Carlos Beltran accomplished this feat. There are two National League players who could accomplish this in 2023. Uh, Ronald Cunha Jr., who already has 40 stolen base and 20 home runs. It would be a shocker if he didn't. He's, uh, and, he's on pace for like a, a 40, 70 year. Basically. Yeah. <laughs> crazy. Uh, and Corbin Carroll, who has 26 stolen bases and 18 home runs. For the contest, will there be one, two, or zero players? <laughs> Again, zero is really, really picking something. With at least 30, uh, 40, and for the tiebreaker, name the final number. Of combined stolen, uh. <laughs> fuck, <laughs> uh, for Acuna and Carol, closest guess wins. I will say Craig is selling short Freddie Freeman, who has twelve <laughs> stolen bases at the All Star break and leading. He's leading the Dodgers, so you never know. I I only think there's going to be one. Yeah, that's what I was going to say, which means we have to do the tiebreaker. Uh, okay. uh, no, you know what? I believe in you, Carol, it's going to be two. <laughs> I, just, I don't want to think of numbers right now. That's, so. that's fair. Yeah, okay. Pen my hand. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, Food question. Nice. In this case, beverage question. This week, we'll be having our first heat wave of the summer in Southern For California. Eating contest. No, so <laughs> heist cool drinks will be in order. Last week, I made a sweetened iced tea and uh, added citrus for a refresher. Do you have some iced tea available in the fridge? 
uh, now, or do you think just cold water is the best drink when the temps hit triple digits? Super cold water when it's hot is awesome. Yep. Uh, I will say that. Um, I do have iced tea in the fridge. Actually, I, I have a sort of a two or three um, rotating like gallon jugs that I just reuse and, and you know, brew tea in them. Uh, I have like this, just the standard, like regular, like black tea, like normal iced tea, whatever that I make. But what I do most often is I use like, um, I like peppermint tea or, or mint medley or uh-huh. one of those teas. And I just put, make that, make iced tea out of that. And then I think th- those are the, in both of the, the tea containers currently in my fridge. Um, I've never yeah. really liked iced tea. I don't hate it. Um, sure. I do have a core memory of, uh, I, I was third grade maybe, and I was thirsty. And my mom had what I thought was a glass <laughs> of Diet Coke. And I was like, I would <laughs> oh, like that. And she just said, sure. And it was iced tea. And oh. that was a rude awakening. Ruined expectations <laughs> can really, really like make you something that's otherwise... Yeah. Uh, yeah. it's strange because I like tea. Uh, yeah. I just, for whatever reason, when it's ice, it, it doesn't, um, translate. Uh, so for me, I, ice cold, ice cold water. Sounds great. So Sounds I'm, delicious. Lemonade I, as well. I, I will say I, I don't really like sweet tea. Um, so I don't, I don't get that, but, um, yeah, I don't know. Like <laughs> I, I do, I do like um, adding citrus. I used to hate adding like lemon or something to it, but it's pretty good. Like it's fine. Um, trying to think of another cool drink. Oh, uh, we're recording this by the way on, on July 11th. Uh, it's free Slurpee day. <laughs> for any, there if, we go. If you can go back in time, yeah, if you can go back in time, if, if this comes out on the 12th, uh, and go get yourself a free Slurpee, congrats to you. Um, or just get yourself a Slurpee. You know, pay, exactly. pay to find people at 7-Eleven. Yeah, they're, they're, they're what, two bucks at most? Yeah. Like, uh, so, yeah, go out there, drink a Slurpee, uh, get some iced tea, get some water, uh, listen to all the contest questions we had to toil over from Craig. You know, it was fun. Enjoy. I hope you enjoy the break. I hope uh, you enjoy uh, when the Dodgers come back, and uh, hopefully we'll have a little more clarity on the draft and – closer to the trade deadline next week when we record again but thanks for listening everybody we are the three inning save podcast part of the fans first sports network and we will talk to you soon 